What's your favorite of the big four? Um, Metallica. Lame. Oh, okay. Welcome to <laughs> Anthrax. <laughs> no, that's even lamer. That's like the opposite side of the lame. Like I think the lame, the Metallica. No, the lamest one is Slayer. I wholeheartedly disagree. Lamest one is Slayer. Oh my god, I wholeheartedly disagree. This is disagree. an anti-Slayer podcast. Fuck that, dude. It is okay if you like any of these Steven Seagal movies, but if you like Slayer, Look, go to patreon.com. If you like Slayer, go to patreon.com slash talk film society. Donate. And in the little notes that you can put once you've donated. Right fucking Slayer, dude. Yeah. Tell me how much Slayer rules. I'm listening. Um... As you can tell by this totally impromptu conversation about the big four, we're, we're almost as passionate about that as we are about talking about Steven Seagal and also our Patreon. Yes. And the only thing I love to talk about more than Steven Seagal and or our Patreon is uh, our email address, Steven Destroy <laughs> Podcast, Steven Destroy Podcast at gmail.com. I love to talk about that email. Mm-hmm. And that, um, that ranks right up there with itunes podcast reviews or wherever you get your podcast yes the ratings the reviews i love to talk about it mm-hmm. um one of if, the big talking points people are on right now is how they got rid of the bad review function yes they yeah. say that um they don't take the bad reviews anymore so feel free to donate to that patreon and leave the bad reviews in the notes mm-hmm. um send it to us in an email that works too because your donations um, will help us get better at the show that's true we will use those for master classes about podcasting yeah, absolutely and um just want to thank everyone at talk film society for being so welcoming um they threw us a big party uh on premiere day Mm. um broke all the social distancing regulations very irresponsible very irresponsible um we were considered a hot spot yeah (laughs) thank you guys for listening enjoy the show thanks why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car Starting to get scared. Starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucking birthday. Now I lay me down to Steve. Pray the Lord Seagal to keep. Welcome to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And uh, and this oh. <laughs> and that was a new intro. That was, that was, that was nice. That was all I was going to say. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, not too bad, man. You know. All right. We're, we're figuring it out. We got, our, we got our slogan, though. We're watching every Steven Seagal so you don't have to. Yeah. But it's not quite an intro yet. Yeah, I suppose that's true. We gotta, we gotta get a good one though. Yeah. Um, okay, we're talking Out for Justice, 1991, directed by John Flynn, uh, produced by and starring Steven Seagal. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I want to get right into this. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm gonna go a little uh, MTV's behind the music here, and and address both to you and our uh, rabid, aggressive listeners. Uh, a little backstory about my week that led up to where we are right now about to talk about Out for Justice. Great. Uh, I, 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 uh, <laughs> so I was, I was furloughed, as you know. Sure. Uh, from my job, like, uh, about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, more than that. It was like a month. 
but by the time we started this and we first watched Above the Law and began our masochistic march toward the <laughs> Stephen's whole career, mm -hmm. uh, I was doing absolutely nothing with my days. So spending the, the total of about three and a half hours to watch and then discuss a Steven Seagal movie meant nothing to me. Time meant nothing. But I returned to work this week, and I worked a 40-hour week. And like all Americans, I hate my job, and it was unpleasant. And now my free time actually has uh, a meaning, you know, when it has a ticking clock. And I was absolutely <laughs> fucking pissed <laughs> when I had to sit down yesterday morning and watch Out for Justice with Steven Seagal. I was pissed. Yeah. And I, 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 I was mad all week thinking about how I knew my weekend was a part of it that I could have spent doing anything else, relaxing, whatever I wanted. I was going to have to spend watching this fucking Steven Seagal movie. And I wanted to preface everything with that uh, before I say that I think this is the best Steven Seagal movie we've watched yet. This movie um, was fucking insane. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> this movie was, um, I, I, you know what, man? Like, we need the whole hour and a half uh, for this. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to condense down Out for Justice into like a. This movie was something other than like this was a fucking wild ride, man. Do you do you agree with me? Maybe best isn't the right word, but um. Do I agree? <laughs> Probably. I I easily think that this is the the best out of all four of them, and it, it made me wonder if we're getting like some sort of like uh, Stockholm syndrome already. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't it's, know. If maybe it's, it's starting to hit us this early. I don't know if it's like the movie itself, <laughs> or just Steven, or or what, but it is just absolutely wild, and I I was. Oh my god. All right. You want to just dig right into yeah, let's, it? Yeah, let's let's just do this, man. Let's 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 right. do it out for justice. Okay. So, first thing we're opening with some very spooky synth music. Yeah. Straight out of a a classic 90s 80s horror film. I it sounded like I just watched fucking John Carpenter's The Thing maybe a week or two ago and like like a very similar soundtrack or like score between I, the two movies <laughs> it's very carpenter-esque i was thinking halloween yeah uh it's it's definitely i was like oh my god they're not even trying to hide that steven's like just gonna be slaughtering people and he's, and he's mortifying in this movie <laughs> it's it's wild yeah uh and we open with a quote we do yeah, which I already was uh, in shock with. I can't imagine any Steven Seagal movie being the type of movie that thinks it deserves to open with a quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I have the quote. I have the quote. Mm. <clears throat> While to the stranger's eye, one street was no different from another, we all knew where our neighborhood somehow ended. Beyond that, a person was a stranger. And this was written by Arthur Miller, who's a playwright, raised in Brooklyn. And the movie immediately, first thing it wants you to know, it's taking place in Brooklyn. And boy, boy, does it really want you to know about that. It, it, uh, it reminded me of Gotti. Oh, The way yeah. it's so aggressively like, it's New York. It's New York, baby. Yeah. We're Italian. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised there was a part where a guy named all of the, the uh, boroughs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, then it really just would have been Gotti again. That's that's a different podcast. Yeah. yeah. Where we watch uh, Gotti every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but so this dude, Arthur Miller, wrote The Crucible. Oh. And uh, is just like a very legitimate playwright. And I know all that because I, I looked up the quote because I just felt like there was a genuine chance it was just like wrong. It was attributed wrong or they messed the quote up. I was already just like, I don't believe that this Steven Seagal movie successfully uh, pulled this off. Yeah. But it, it's accurate. Uh, it's not from the, the Crucible. I'd be a bit weird. <laughs> but all right, man. You want to you wanna take us through the opening, like, three minutes of this movie? Uh, I'm going to try my fucking best, man. Um, Steven's, on a, Steven's on a stakeout, um, mm-hmm. and there's about to be a huge uh, a deal that goes down. I guess. Yeah, they, they say it's like a $3 million deal or something. Like, they're going to they're gonna catch these guys in a big act. That's what they say, anyway. But um, the, uh, the criminal... Um, that that they're that they're staking out, uh, just starts. Uh, well, this woman owes him some money, I suppose, and uh, he's a pimp. Yeah, he's a pimp. Yeah. So, and I, that I was confused. Was the deal like the pimp was doing the deal, or did the pimp just sort of roll up at the location and cause like a unrelated scene? I couldn't figure any of that. Yeah, out. this I have no idea about. But uh, the pimp is um, just beating <laughs> the shit out of this woman. Um, he, yeah. he is <laughs> punching this woman over and over again. And Steven, as he's known to do, though perhaps he's, uh, you know, some justifiable cause here, uh, Steven can't contain himself and, and, uh, <laughs> just goes and, and, and beats the piss out of this guy. Um, yeah, he, he decimates <laughs> this dude. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah um he get, he breaks the dude's wrist it's like three minutes in and we already get a wrist snap yeah oh and it's gross it really sets the tone yeah. <laughs> it really sets the tone for like no nobody's leaving this arm with the wrist unsnapped yeah and so this is nobody's leaving this movie ah <laughs> oh, geez yeah and this is the movie that that uh premiered uh in europe i guess and was in and was originally nc-17 um mm-hmm. because of how fucking violent that it is yeah and uh, and yeah it is violent yeah but the the pimp steven beats him up but the pimp's not done and he like at one point jumps just jumps at steven and steven kind of like you know like a dancing move like they're like ice skating kind of lifts him in the air and then tosses him behind him <laughs> yeah. and just throws this dude head first into the windshield of a car yeah he throws him head first into the windshield of a car and then does he not throw him through the windshield again? Does he come back out? He, and, like, uh, uh, so much happened. I, f- I feel like he throws him again. No, yeah. I, he, the first time when he, like, first attacks the dude, he, he breaks his wrist and then shoves his head into one of the uh, windows. That's what it uh, is. Like, the passenger side window. He smashes his head through that. But then the pimp's not done and uh, tries to fight back and jumps at Steven. And that's when Steven kind of just lightly tosses him into the windshield of this car. Throws him into the windshield it, of the car and then... And then it freeze frames on, on. Yes, we get a freeze frame direct on Steven. <laughs> with his name. Just watching this dude. With his name comes up right underneath of his face. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. And then and then hard smash to the title page. Yeah. Out for justice. Yeah. And I was, geez, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And we, we've already skipped over a real big thing for me. Oh, yeah? 
Uh, Steven plays Brooklyn cop uh, Gino Felino. <laughs> that he does. Which is is a good Steven name. I would put it pretty close to Mason Storm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does sound like a racist cartoon character. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of the, what Steven is in this movie. Because as soon as he opens his mouth, I had to pause the fucking movie. <laughs> the Italian accent Steven does sometimes yeah. in this movie, I can't believe he got away with it. I, I can't believe that they just let him do it. And he alternates. Sometimes he's like barely even talking. He's like even barely trying to use a Spanish accent or an Italian accent. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes he is just turning it on. He's like doing a caricature. It was exactly what I had feared above the law was going to be as soon as they like made a big deal about him being Italian. Yeah. But luckily in above the law, he's not doing this like nightmarish accent and speaking <laughs> nearly as much Italian. Yeah. But uh, above the law is <laughs> fucking nothing compared to this movie. Above the law Absolutely might as not. well not have have like mentioned that Stephen was Seagal was Stephen Seagal was Italian in comparison to to what we see here in Out for Justice. Well, just in general, there's no point from being Italian in Above the Law. At least here, it's like part of the movie. Yeah, it, it's him like growing up in Italian Brooklyn with all his Italian heritage and buddies and growing up with like mob influence and that's like the whole point of the movie and that, so i'm like okay i kind of get it mm-hmm. don't know why you cast steven seagal yeah but at least it's not like just purely out of nowhere like it above the law yeah uh. um well we, we we may as well get um if i remember right next we uh we, we get to meet richie pretty much right yes. away right yeah yeah we get we get our bad guy william forsyth as richie madonna dude looked like a fat paul f Tompkins to me i couldn't unsee it yeah this goofy little mustache yeah um it, 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 richie. he, <laughs> richie's a richie's a pretty good villain um uh, in terms of uh being villainous being villainous he's um he is very villainous. he is exceedingly <laughs> exceedingly villainous. let's just let's just I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna do a little bit of jumping around here yeah sure because you know um there uh, we get this scene uh a little bit you know later on but there's a part where richie and his you know his buddies they're just like stopped in the middle of the street in their car yeah. and this lady wants to get past and she's like honking at him and telling him to move and uh, Richie just gets out of this car and puts a gun sh- flat to this woman's head and just blasts her. Just blasts her. And so this is um, my thing. Because uh, um, that, that scene there where they're in the car and he blasts uh, the woman's head off um, because she's mad at him for stopping in the middle of the street um, mm-hmm. is is pretty profound, man. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's sitting in the car with his, with his cronies and uh is just fucking smoking crack and <laughs> yeah yep. he's smoking crack through this whole movie he smokes more crack in this movie than i've maybe ever seen somebody smoke crack in a movie before and he smokes more crack in this movie than movies about people who smoke crack yeah and uh, <laughs> um yeah so he just uh i, I had to like kind of double take when i saw the crack pipe come out <laughs> Because let me tell you, 
Um, I suppose that he's a unique villain in this sense that, like, I've never seen a villain driven solely from just uh, doing a bunch of crack in a movie before. Um, certainly not in a mob movie before. Uh, yeah, that really is like his his origin story. Is he just smoked too much crack? Yeah, because I guess like he, he and he, Steven are like childhood friends. Um, him, Steven. Uh, the whole point of the movie is that Steven's partner, uh, his cop partner, yeah. Richie Madano, shoots him in the street, and Steven's out for justice. Yeah, as you do. Uh, another very so, accurate uh, movie title. Another one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But he. Uh, yeah, so they all grew up together. All three of them were like childhood friends and all grew up around the mob and were like <laughs> hanging out with mobsters when they were children. And it never really explains why or how Steven and his buddy ended up becoming cops. Uh, no, it actually works really hard to um, like confuse you uh, as to how it <laughs> is that Steven became a cop. Because <laughs> uh, Steven has this whole scene. Oh, we're really jumping around now. But Steven has, uh, Steven has a whole monologue where he talks to one of the mob bosses uh, about how when, when he was a kid, he always dreamed of, I think he said, quote unquote, growing up to be a wise guy. Yeah, and, no, he absolutely does. <laughs> and he's still friends with all these Still mobsters. friends with all of them. Although he doesn't want you to believe that because he says, like, if you end up in jail or dead, I won't care. <laughs> That's another thing he says in the same scene where he talks about how he wanted to grow up to be a mobster. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, this movie is absolutely insane. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It It's like... Uh, way more hard to kill than it is above the law or marked for death it's kind of like if hard to kill and above the law had a baby and then that baby smoked too much crack (laughs) yeah absolutely but yeah the 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 real like whole plot so steven's partner gets shot and steven basically asks his like police captain for permission to just like hunt down and kill richie vedato yeah he says specifically that um I, I wrote it down but we're jumping around so i gotta find him he just says give me an unmarked and a shotgun yep i wrote that just down give him an unmarked well. cop car and a shotgun he's gonna find this dude the captain's just like okay yeah and, and i also want to point out something i wrote down about this scene is that steven shows up to this crime scene um yeah uh, and <laughs> for for i guess some context here steven never wears a police uniform in this entire movie he never wears a suit yeah. uh so steven seagal shows up to this to this fucking crime scene well, wearing a he he gets a he gets a call he's he gets a call saying his partner is dead this is true he knows he is going to the crime scene where his partner was murdered not just any crime yeah. scene yeah take yeah <laughs> And he shows up in a a uh, sleeveless t-shirt and a beret. He can't even be bothered to wear <laughs> sleeves. He can't even be bothered to put on something with sleeves. Yeah. A sleeveless t-shirt and a beret. It is um, distra- It's absolutely distracting. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, now that I'm kind of digesting the movie a little bit and uh, talking about it, this is this is definitely the best one that we've seen so far. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely is. It's like easily the only one of the four that I could I would like tell myself to watch, regardless of any of this. If that weird statement makes sense, yeah. It's the only one that I, I feel like, in hindsight, I would have watched without having to watch every Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> um if i had known what it was yeah it's it's just 
weird. Uh, one, one, here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Right after this freeze frame and the title, and we meet Richie Madonna, we meet him and his cronies. Yeah. They're in like some like warehouse that there's a big hole in the floor of and a bunch of money. Do you, what, what was up with that money, Dylan? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I wrote down, I was like, okay, because I didn't know any other names. I was like, the bad guys have got some money. The bad guys are checking yeah. out some money. And then the next thing is, uh, bad guys kill a dude in the street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really have got uh, uh, no idea uh, what's going on with this money because I, I don't believe that it is mentioned ever again. Um, no, it is not. And they talk with the money about how it's like their big score and like yeah. <laughs> everything's going to go different for him. Because part of it is Richie Madonna is not not a made man yeah he wants to be he wants to be a real official you know gangster but he he can't because he's just smokes his brain away with crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and that's what the movie keeps saying too like the only explanation they give for any of it really is just like uh once he started smoking that crack yeah um yeah and so i okay and so this is this is another thing here um and maybe you can help uh, explain this to mm. me as well. Um, I'll try. So the, the the very next scene is after the um, after they do the uh, the crime scene. After he goes and he checks out uh, the crime scene where his partner has been shot and killed, and mm-hmm. uh, he talks to his his wife that he is in the process of divorcing, and uh, and all that. I don't even want to get into that yet because. <laughs> Uh, so Steven goes to this restaurant um, where the, the mob bosses hang out and he mm-hmm. goes and he talks to them and they talk about Richie and they talk about how Richie's yes. off the rails and he's smoking crack and <laughs> that Richie's killed a cop and they're like, Hey, and the mob bosses are like, Hey, we don't like this guy either. Fuck this guy. This guy is not one of us. The whole thing. And then they talk about Steven potentially arresting him and they say, what's he going to get? seven to ten years maybe (laughs) and i'm like this man just killed two people with hundreds of witnesses he murdered two people in the street and they're like he's gonna get seven to ten years and then steven skull's like yeah if we're lucky (laughs) and so uh, is there some sort of under like do, uh, do i not understand criminal justice is this my problem do i not know how what what the fuck are they thinking I certainly do not know very much about the criminal justice system, yeah. but I do know that if you uh, murder a cop, yeah. just in general, yeah. you're probably going to get more than seven to ten years. Yeah. And uh, if you murder a cop and then go and just shoot an old lady in her car, yeah, it's probably it's probably getting a good bit higher than seven to ten years. <laughs> yeah, I would argue maybe life. And that's if they're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> seven to ten years if we're lucky. <laughs> Um, so with this kind of world building that, uh, Alan for justice has, uh, I believe Steven Seagal is, uh, righteous in, in all of his, uh, absolutely criminal actions in this movie, because at this point, I mean, he might've served like a six month sentence for all the shit that he, he did in this movie. <laughs> so like, apparently it's just yeah. not a big fucking deal. This alternate history Brooklyn where it's just like a lawless wasteland. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, so you, you skipped. You said you didn't want to talk about Stephen and his his 
wife that he's his soon to be ex his soon to be ex wife because I did I wanted to get and, into that that thing there but we should get back to him and his ex wife or his soon to be well, ex wife his soon to be ex wife uh, and their son and their son they're pretty much total non entities his wife's in there basically just so he has somebody to have to rescue yeah and like I mean you know he has a love interest luckily again no sex. So far, we're three for four yeah. on pretty sexless Steven Seagal movies, and I am so thankful for that. Yeah, it's it's been huge. It's been it's been great. But they're um, in the process of getting a divorce, and at the beginning of the movie, Steven comes home, and his son's there, and they're gonna go play catch, but he gets the call about his his dead partner and can't put on sleeves, <laughs> and he calls his his wife to come get the kid and she makes a comment about how he only sees the kid once a month yeah but so so that implies that they're like it's not a a very amicable split either like it sets a tone for a totally different relationship for the two of them than the rest of the movie has yeah Uh, but this is the thing with this movie is that like nothing about like nothing about like the time in this movie makes any sense it's like if you murder two people in the street uh it's seven to ten years in jail and it's like if you and your wife are having a perfectly amicable divorce uh it's just like hey we weren't the right ones and uh you get to see your child once in a fucking month it's just like it's like i don't even know how much to buy into it well maybe 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 it's steven's choice maybe steven doesn't like the kid oh god yeah and that's entirely possible Maybe Steven just doesn't like the kid. And he's just like, eh, yeah. once a month. Yeah. <laughs> once a month's fine. <laughs> yeah. But he, there is the part where the kid asks him to, uh, you know, go play catch. Mm-hmm. And Steven just starts, like, listing off all the things they're going to need to go play catch. He's just like, you got the glove. <laughs> you got the ball. You got the bat. Let's go. <laughs> like, all right. We don't, we don't need this scene movie. It's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, right. no, it's it's a pretty but, it's a pretty pointless <laughs> relationship with him and him, him and his uh, wife and his his uh, his kid. It's 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 pretty not. Well, great. the kid's like never. He's like not in the movie for the rest of the movie except for uh, the scene where eventually you know Richie and his guys show up at Steven's house inevitably, and um, you get like one shot of the kid in that entire sequence. But beyond that, he's just not in the rest of the entire movie. He's like oh, in the very end, I think is he even out there at the I end? I don't even think he is. Actually, yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah, Stephen just maybe left they, him in that maybe, hotel. Maybe they both just only see the kid once a month. <laughs> but so after Stephen goes and he sees these mobsters and they talk, the basic kind of idea is the mob's going to go after Richie too. They want to get him before the cops do. They want to handle it internally. Stephen, like, kind of alleges to them that he will arrest Richie, but he doesn't really like ever pretend like he's out to actually like catch him. He makes it very clear to everybody that he's just planning to kill this man. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty clear from the from the start. Well, and that's sort of the point of the seven to ten years thing. Is like he and the the mob guys are kind of agreeing. Like, yeah, whoever finds him first is going to murder him. Like, there's yeah, there's but, no hey, let's arrest him. There's there's no they're not really out for you know criminal justice in this movie they're they're out for they're out for a very different kind of justice 
it, it's just a weird conflict to have, you know, like both of them, both Steven and the mob after this dude, and they're like on the exact same side. It's not like Steven's on the side of criminal justice. No. Yeah, they're just both out to kill this dude, so it's kind of pointless. <laughs> but after Steven goes and he beats them, he's driving home and uh, sees a car with a bumper sticker that <laughs> says, kill them all, let God sort them out. Yeah. Um, and, it's, it's a great line right there too, where he, where he, he, he and, reads it and he reads the whole bumper sticker out. He says, kill them all, let God sort them out. He must be a tough guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's another like very, uh, almost certainly improvised line by Steven or something <laughs> that he like insisted he say. Yeah. Cause I think Steven's, I, I was watching this movie and I was thinking about that because that whole thing with him listing off everything they need to play catch and then here and in marked for death, you know, when him and Keith David go to get the weapons and he like makes that comment to the dude about if he's still sober and just like that weird shit happens all the time in these movies. And it's like something almost specific to these movies. Well, and the, like you, uh, the asking about if um, the, the, in uh, Mark for death was the, the arms dealer or, or uh, you just, yeah. just say yes yeah, the arm dealer if he's still staying sober and all that that exact scene basically happens in this movie um where he's talking to this this young boy who he's befriended and mm-hmm. asks him specifically if his parents are staying clean um <laughs> so yeah no i i think steven at this yeah it's beginning to feel like steven is ad-libbing this stuff or is insisting that it's being put in yeah, no, I, I, I really believe that that's the case. And I think it's he's, like, uncomfortable with silence. <laughs> like, he doesn't want there to be, like, these, like, moments where it's just, like, nothing happening. And so he's just like, well, I've got to say something. <laughs> yeah. But he, he finds the... Or he's driving behind this dude with the bumper sticker. And the guy throws a trash bag out the window. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Steven gets out and inspects the trash bag as... Uh, any normal person would do. Uh, and, and it's a good thing he inspects the trash bag because there's a puppy in it. Yep. So it's like, oh, okay, G- good call, Steven. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, Steve, you know, man, why are you, like, <laughs> digging through this dude's trash? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, ah, please let me run into this guy someday because the dude, you know, threw a dog out the window. And it's like, okay, Steve. Yeah. It's actually, I think, really him and this dog which the dog is such a weird element of this movie that like makes no sense the dog disappears through almost the entire thing yeah but it is the only time really i think in any of these movies where they successfully kind of endear steven seagal to you yeah um it's it's the only time where i'm kind of like okay you know i like this dude maybe not a lot yeah maybe don't like him but this is okay we can put up with him um, yeah. Yeah. No. He he and the dog are, are are nice. Although I will say that he just forgets about the dog and keeps leaving it in the car all the time. Though. <laughs> no, uh, that's so fucking <laughs> weird. There's, you know, we can point it out later. Yeah. But the dog basically disappears through the rest of the movie. And there's a scene like an hour in where he like gets in the car and he like looks down. And he like picks up the dog and he's just like, oh yeah, I forgot about you. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not saying that just, like, to nitpick at Steven or just, like, trying to find an angle in which, like, Steven's done something wrong. Like, Steven just did, Steven willingly says in the movie, like, oh, shit, that's right, 
there's a dog in the car. <laughs> well, it's, it's like Steven like breaking the fourth wall, speaking on behalf of the movie. Yes, like, he, oh, oh yeah. yeah, we forget, we forgot about the dog. Yeah, like shit, guys. We wrote like like forty percent of the movie and forgot entirely about this dog. <laughs> um, it, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he picks the but, dog up, and I, I want to say we we've talked about this movie being a little bit better than than the other three and in some cases a lot better than than mm-hmm. certain other movies i do want to say though that uh this beastie boys montage here is mm-hmm. the lamest uh no sleep uh, till brooklyn montage i think i've ever seen <laughs> i was not a, i was not a huge fan of this montage <laughs> well so i i was gonna say that it's like one of my favorite scenes from any of these things that we've watched okay yet. great yeah but i think it's i i don't know you know how much of that is just the the bizarreness of it <laughs> yeah because you are right it is incredibly lame yeah but at the, it, it, it is just really steven just driving around brooklyn <laughs> listening to no sleep till brooklyn yeah and, and nothing <clears throat> happens during the montage it's just him driving around while it plays and i i don't know i was just sort of i was into it i was like this is a truly bizarre like you know yeah scene in this movie and it has no reason to be here. No, I like no. the song. Well, yeah, it's just that's what got me about it is that I I, <laughs> I do like the song, and um, to me, I just like I hear that song in an action movie, and I'm like, oh shit, man, something cool's <laughs> yeah. gonna happen. And, and Steven Seagal just drives around. I think they use the same fucking shot of like the same bridge from the exact same place <laughs> to show two you know show steven driving yeah, so coming and going it's just it's just so bad um i don't know dude <laughs> i could watch steven seagal just drive around listening to a whole beastie boys album <laughs> it is wild because yeah. I, I also choose to believe that that is like diegetic he's in like that's what's playing on his car stereo yeah he gets listening to some beastie boys he's got a favorite beastie yeah um, you know, or or when when he was producing this movie, and they're like, "We'll have it set in Brooklyn," and this this is when that shit was coming out, right? It's like the early '90s, so may, maybe he was. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so he's like, uh, he's like, "Hey man, I heard the song on the radio the other day. I'm like, uh, I think we got to put it in the movie. It, it the song takes place in the same place as the movie, you know? The song takes place in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. That's how they I, wrote that's the how song I about the place from the movie. Yeah, that's how I imagine Stephen pitching it because I I imagine Stephen pitching the song that personally he. He he was um, involved with the music. I mean, he didn't like actively like make any of it, but he was a um, he he had like you know final say over the music and stuff. He was directly involved with supervising a lot of that stuff. So there's an incredibly high chance that Steven Seagal picked No Sleep Till Brooklyn because he thought it made him look cool driving around listening to it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I I know, I know what the kids are into. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Um, But that's 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 a song you can't. Well, you know what. I don't know. I guess this is the debate to be had here because it's like I don't know. I thought "No Sleep Till Brooklyn" was a song that you couldn't fuck up in a in an action movie, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I saw this. So, um, uh, well, they don't try to do it. Yeah, that's it. that's it's the like, thing. Oh, it's it's it's, it's bizarre. It's mind boggling. It's, <laughs> it's an incredibly odd choice for that scene. Yeah, it's a it's an incredibly odd choice for that scene. It is. There's a uh, definitely no question that it is because it has Brooklyn in the title. Oh, yeah. That is the only reason. <laughs> uh, the movie really wants you to know it takes place in Brooklyn. And and it, I don't think that they, like... I don't know. I mean, you're right. It was right when it came out, so it wasn't quite, like, you know, 
a staple where it's like basically almost any Beastie Boys song in a movie now, you know, like some shit's gonna go down. Right. Um, but after this, this, uh, this apparently quite memorable uh, uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn or <laughs> um, montage scene. We get Steven um, in 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 uh, another really great scene in this movie where he uh, he he drives his car underneath uh, a bridge. Um, well, you you did skip one thing. You oh, already like I? pointed it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he, he sees the kid. That, oh yes, about. right. Yeah, when he sees the kid. Yeah. He buys some seltzer water from a kid on the side of the street who's just sitting on a co- on a cooler. Yeah, um, and that's really it. That's like the whole scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes important later because the kid comes back for one other random scene. Yep. But so I had to throw that in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So otherwise, nobody would understand the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if we if we forget that scene with that kid. Um, and that's when he no names the. Back. It's when he. It's when he names the puppy too, because the kid sees the puppy. Right. And asks his name. And he names it Caraggio. He sure does. Caraggio the puppy. Caraggio the puppy. Um, and, then and then he drives underneath this bridge where, where Richie is. But before, um, before we run into Richie, Stephen um, runs into some of the... Um, a lady of the night. A lady of the night. Um, who... She's just <laughs> on the job, minding her business. Minding her business. Stephen rolls his window down. And uh, the woman comes up to the car and, I suppose, as you do, um, asks Stephen if he wants to fuck. Uh, to which Stephen... <laughs> Stephen just laughs he, his fucking ass off. Stephen <laughs> loses it. Yeah, to the point to where, like, I'm, like, maybe convinced that it was real. Like, to where, like, Stephen didn't know this was coming. <laughs> See, here's here's where I... Here's how I would disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the laugh Steven does is so obnoxiously fake, <laughs> horrific fake laughing, that there's no question that Steven just was like, oh, well, I, I should laugh. I don't know. This dude is so <laughs> weird. Yeah. You know what? I think it's time that we acknowledge something. Yeah. We're four episodes in now. Um, th- these movies are genuinely, like, unlike any other movie I have seen. Yeah. There's a like just rhythm to them and a way that Steven Seagal behaves in them that I've not seen anybody else have the closest thing I could compare it to genuinely unironically, probably Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I've said that a few times now where it's like, there is really just aside from Wiseau, like aside from the like uh, immediate strangeness of Tommy Wiseau, like there are very few people that like reach this level that Steven Seagal is at where like there's there's just nothing like him. It's yeah, it's just unfathomable, unquantifiable weirdness. Yeah. And this scene with this lady and him just cracking up and then he drives a little bit further and there's like just some old dude hanging out and he's like, Did you hear what she said? <laughs> and I was like, what is the point of this? What is this scene like doing? Why is any of this happening? <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I I don't know. Like maybe it's meant to be funny. Uh, maybe ah. it's meant to be. I don't know what it's meant to be. I, I feel like it's meant to be endearing somehow. Us us to Steven Seagal. Uh, but you know it doesn't because Steven's weird as shit. Um, I don't see how on earth anybody would would be like I ah, laughed at the prostitute. <laughs> yeah, he's just a guy like me. Uh, it's there's know. like there's nothing to gather from that interaction. There's it's. I think one of the strangest things in this movie. Yeah. 
and it's a very strange movie. But Stephen, uh, Stephen does uh, soon thereafter see see Richie. Yeah, it seems like they just kind of coincidentally showed up at the same place. Yeah, like I know that Stephen knows where to look. But just the way it's like edited, it's just sort of like Richie's hanging out, and then they're like, oh, there's Gino, and Steve's just there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's Richie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. And so uh, Stephen chases him. Um, car chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, and it's fine. It's a fine, fine car chase. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then um, I'm sure you knew how I, how I was feeling when we got to the to the next location after the, the I, chase scene. I, I, of course I did. Yeah. Um, I, I just wrote, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> um, but they don't, it's, uh, well, we should tell them what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Steven rolls up to my favorite location in any Steven Seagal movie, um, a family owned store. Um, and the bad guys are specifically picking the store as the place to fight. They're like, this is where the fight happens. This is where we stop Gino. Um, and uh, Richie's like, you know, hang him up on a hook, you know. It's like, uh, you know, put him up with the pigs. You know, because it's, but- yeah. it's, a, it's a butcher shop. <laughs> uh, put him up with the pigs. Um, you know, like, hang him like a pig or whatever. And then... Uh, but it's it's different than the usual ones because I think the butchers are like, you know, it's like a, a front. And I think the butchers are like mobbed up yeah. in some way. Yeah. It's it's different than the other ones because one they don't decimate the store itself. They really don't. And then but then also like the guys at the store fight back. They do. Like there's only like 3 of uh Richie's dudes in there, but then all these butchers come out of nowhere and you know charge at Steven. They do. But uh I I liked this scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um you know, it was pretty Typical, I guess, Stephen uh, fight scene. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, he does his Aikido. Um, he does his Aikido. He uh, breaks some arms. He does. Lots of arms snapping right up. Yeah. Um, he, he does this move he does occasionally that I really like where he'll grab somebody by the back of the head and just sort of throw them face down on the ground. <laughs> it's, every time I see it, it's absolutely brutal looking and I think it's so fucking funny. <laughs> And it's, there's a great one here. He just, like, flops this dude face down on the ground, and I'm just like, Jesus. Another thing that I notice uh, Steven does a lot is people will pull guns on him, and he'll break their wrists so that the gun is facing <laughs> back at them. And uh, I'm, like, waiting for the movie where Steven, like, like presses their finger to the trigger and shoots them with it, but uh, we've yet to see that happen. He just disarms the guy and, uh, you know, tells him to not be a bad guy or whatever. <clears throat> Yeah, and there's a part where he uh, cleaves a dude yeah. in the leg. Like a guy comes at him with a cleaver and he flips his arm. So the guy like gets himself in the leg with the cleaver. And then Steven pulls it out of this dude's leg and smashes into this dude's hand against a wall. Pins him to the wall by his hand with a cleaver. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's um, not a bad scene. All these like butchers come charging at Steven. Um he doesn't ever say he's a cop in this entire sequence. <laughs> he's basically not a cop. I, I, I mean, but, but he is though. Yeah. But he is a cop. Yeah. And and the butchers just you know know that like the mob guys come in and then uh, Steve follows them. Yeah. So the butchers don't know. Steven never takes the time to tell him. He's just killing them. Yeah. 
that's the thing man steven enjoys killing like way more than he does uh justice oh absolutely oh absolutely <laughs> every and, time and, every one of these movies he would just rather be killing people um <laughs> well one thing that i i did want to like talk about and now that we're talking about the butcher shop uh, it's a good segue i think that this is the um i would say the least standard out of all four that we've seen of steven seagal movies it's definitely following his same like plot like uh, formula you know he's just out for revenge yeah uh, and there, he's a cop and it does involve corrupt cops and that's all very standard but the there, he's not decimating some poor dude's store he um doesn't snap anybody's neck with an arm he doesn't i was waiting for it yeah i was very disappointed um there's definitely more but now i can't think of them but it's definitely uh a little bit of a there oh here's a really big one there really aren't any like awful one-liners yeah um there, and i like stupid I ant- lines. yeah there's still oh, of course but i like anticipate i like anticipate the one-liners you know I, i'm like ready i was them. a little disappointed yeah you you, you, know? you don't miss them till they're gone you know <laughs> Exactly. You don't know what you had until it's gone, man. I was just like, he, there's so many, you know, just awful shitty puns he could be saying in this butcher shop. Oh, God, but yeah. We don't get any. Yeah, we get some, like, real fucking Spider-Man quips in this oh. in this, uh, in this butcher shop. And, yeah, Steven's not, uh, Steven's not doing it. He's not ready for it. No. And then, um, so after he just kills everybody in the butcher shop, yeah. Um, we get a scene where he goes to buy dog food. Yeah. Um, and you, you did skip, I think, uh, there's a scene where, like, the mobsters, like, uh, all, like, convene and they're like, uh, we don't like this Richie guy. He keeps killing people. Uh, and he's making uh, too much publicity. And it's easy to skip over because, again, it's the, it just doesn't fucking matter. Like, th- we've already had this scene. It's like we know the mob doesn't like Richie. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have this scene, like, three times in the movie. Yeah, we really do. It's and it's just ridiculous. like different mob guys like communicating the message to each other. Like the guy from the first scene comes into the second one to tell people, and then the people he tells go into the third <laughs> scene to tell people. And it's just sort of like, guys, we don't need this whole like phone tree explanation. Yeah, you know. Um, but then and, Stephen goes and buys the dog food. And and this, if you want to talk about fucking Tommy Wiseau scenes, oh my god, I I cannot fathom what went into like the writing and like shooting of this movie because he he goes to this guy at the store and he says you got any puppy dog food yeah and he says it like that he doesn't say you got any puppy dog food because some people would say puppy dog and it would be weird yeah it would be weird but it's like a thing but no steven says you got any puppy dog food yeah and and the guy's like, yeah, we got puppy dog food, <laughs> like making a, a, a acknowledging that it's weird the way Steven said it. Yeah. Um, and then Steven. And, and I just want to know why. Yeah. I just want to know why they did that. <laughs> yeah. And Steven does. Um, Steven does his whole uh, like, uh, you know, tap on the shoulder, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, hey, this movie's we're in New York, you know, because he does the whole, uh, hey, none of this stuff's from Jersey, is it? I want any of this oh, to be yeah. radioactive, huh? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this scene fucking blows, dude. It, it, it really, it, it was like, how, why did they write this? Yeah. Did somebody write this or did Steven just <laughs> show up on the day? 
Why is it here? If the dog was like relevant to the movie at all, I guess it would make sense. It would be understandable that this scene that shows him, you know, caring for the dog and bonding with the dog, that would all be reasonable. But because I think after this scene is when the dog is just like gone for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's ridiculous. It's it's insane. Yeah. And I guess we have another scene where the mobsters come, the, the real mobsters, yeah. come to talk to Steve. Yeah, this time they come to talk to Stephen. Um, and, and they tell him again <laughs> that they don't like Richie and that they would rather that the mob kills Richie and not Stephen. Um, and we get it. Yeah, we sure And then do. We, get, we get, like, kind of the same scene just immediately after where the mobsters go to Richie's brother who owns a bar and yeah. basically are like, Hey, where's Richie? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Is this, is this before or after Steven goes and talks to Richie's parents to tell them that he's going to kill Richie? <laughs> um, it is, it is immediately before right okay. after the, uh, the, the scene at the bar we get where he goes to see, Steven goes to see Richie's parents and is like, I'm going to kill your son. Yeah. And they, they beg him not to. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill your son. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this was a, a very wild moment for me because the dad, Richie's dad, plays Junior Soprano on The Sopranos. Oh, did not know that. <clears throat> and he's a uh, phenomenal actor. And is very good in this movie, particularly in this scene where he's like talking to Steven and being like, you know, he's a good he's a good kid and he's messed up. Please don't kill our son. And it was it's incredibly jarring. Yeah, it's an incredibly jarring moment. Um, and I have in my notes, uh, it's a good scene. And then three question marks. <laughs> yeah. Because it's dumb as hell. I mean, he's going and he's like, tell your son to get a lawyer and turn himself in or I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And these are also, it's like uh, brought up, he grew up with these people. Um, the dad like raised him. Yeah. That's very weird. It, 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 it's, I've just, I, well, I've never seen a movie. I've never seen a scene like this that I can think of where, where you go to the parents of your childhood friend who has committed a crime and you're just like, I'm going to kill your son. Uh, sorry. Do you know where he Dude. is? <laughs> Where's your son? Cause I'm going to kill him. Yeah. You think you can yeah. lead me to your son? I'm planning on murdering him tonight. Yeah. That's my point. Like it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good scene in the moments where it's not Steven Seagal. Yeah. It's like two scenes from two different movies. Like, chopped together so on one half you have the scenes from the steven seagal movie and then the other you have the scenes from like the actual you know drama yeah. about these people's son's gonna get killed yeah and then uh after this richie goes and he harasses a woman yeah and uh <laughs> this, like scene. this coincided with um like the score getting like very john carpenter carpenter e uh, again here like this again it, it really sounded like the thing or something and uh and uh well, it's, a, it's an unpleasant scene it's a, it's very very unpleasant <laughs> it's very unsettling it's it's like um i don't know again this whole thing about it being like two different movies but um what was this dude's name william forsyth right yeah 
Yeah, William Forsyth as Richie Madano is so genuinely unpleasant and unsettling and upsetting. Yeah. Um, that it just doesn't fit with the like kind of goofiness and and Stevens his own kind of unpleasant and unsettling. It sure. But is. they're two like different sides of that same coin that it it's very jarring to go from Stevens like kind of goofy unpleasantness to like the real world unpleasantness of Forsyth. And I guess it's because he's an actor. <laughs> yeah. And like it's it, whereas with Steven, it's just like he, he, you know, he's doing his best, but you can tell he's not like inhabiting a character. Yeah. No, uh, Steven like plays the same, ver- you know, plays like a different version of the same character in every single movie he's in. Um, well, certainly so far. Yeah. Certainly so far. Um, and so, yeah, no, he's not, like, acting. <laughs> right. Um, so when Forsyth does, like, the unpleasant stuff, it's upsetting. Yeah. And it, it creates this very weird tonal shift, particularly when he goes and he harasses this woman. And it's just, you know, done. Like, it's just, the scene's over. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Gino goes to his brother's bar. Yeah. And starts getting trying to get some info. And this scene is pretty pretty wild as well yeah it's a it's a big uh it's a big like set piece for the whole movie it's like a centerpiece yeah um he he goes and i i don't even really remember how it happens because he's at first he's just kind of asking for information but nobody will tell him and then he starts everybody says that he's not so tough he wouldn't be so tough without his gun and his badge. Yeah. So he empties his gun and he's like, well, then come and take my badge. Yeah. And that's when all of the guys start trying to beat him up, right? Yeah. And um, as is typical in a Steven Seagal fight scene, they all they all come at him one at a time. <laughs> and he, uh, he eviscerates all of them uh, one it's by just, one. It, uh, arm snap after arm snap after arm snap. I know that's like Steven's thing, breaking arms, but it's it's a lot in this one. It's like a lot. Yeah. Well, and we talked. There weren't too many one-liners in this movie, but there is a there's a there's a hell of a Steven Seagal line in this scene. I I think I, I have it. But real quick, uh, he he's he's not just snapping arms. He also puts a pool ball in like a rag, right. and rolls it up and just starts whacking dudes with his oh, pool ball. Yeah. Uh, and he, he busts uh, one guy's uh, mouth and uh, he just spits like six teeth out onto the pool table. <laughs> he's like, you knocked my teeth out. <laughs> and he's just like annoyed. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, wait a second, buddy. Those were my best teeth. <laughs> Those were my munchers. <laughs> my choppers. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and and he's fine for the whole movie. And this movie basically <laughs> all takes place in one night. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. And like they, and they, they brother, come back to this bar, and like people, Richie's like, <laughs> brother has the worst fucking night <laughs> ever. He this he has the worst night dude. that anybody has ever had. Because <laughs> this is the second time we see him. The first night, the mobsters are just like threatening to him. Yeah, and then Steven comes in here and trashes his bar. Yeah. Beats the shit out of, like, all of his customers. Yep. The uh, brother goes to reach for a gun, and Steven slams, like, uh, you know, the arm of the bar that kind of covers the counter so you can walk 
back and forth. He slams it down on his hand. Yeah. And he's just screaming uh, too. Like he's not one yeah. of the dudes that like takes it and like just keeps fighting. Like he is screaming. He is in pain. Yeah. Um and, and this is, is this early when, on in this dude's night too. And is this when Steven says the thing? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. You want me to go for it? Uh yep. this is when Steven says, uh uh, you know, um that he is going to find Richie and then he is going to quote I'm going to cut his head off and piss down his throat. Um. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not like a goofy, weird one-liner. It's nope. just, a, again, upset. It's just like, Steven. It's like, come on, dude. We're supposed to be rooting for you. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing, uh, real quick, that actually I, I almost brought up in Hard to Kill, and I completely forgot. Um, do you, have you seen MacGruber? <laughs> Have I seen what? Okay. I didn't expect that response. MacGruber with Will Forte. Do you not even know what I'm talking about? No, I don't I don't think I know what it, uh, this is at all. MacGruber? No, I know nothing about MacGruber. Do you, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, your extra credit assignment is to watch MacGruber. <laughs> sure. Because it's, um. wow, you don't even know what it is? No. I really don't. Jesus. I don't know anything about MacGruber. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm very sorry. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's like a uh, spoof. It's based on SNL skit with, with Will Forte. Okay. Um, it's directed by Yorma Tacom of The Lonely Island, and it's very funny. It's a very good movie. Um, but now that we have watched even just these four Steven Seagal movies, there's like so many moments in MacGruber and jokes and stuff that I, I'm like, oh, is this like a direct spoof of these moments in these Steven Seagal movies? <laughs> and uh, one of them is there's, there's a threat in MacGruber that he's going to cut off the bad guy's dick and shove it down his throat. <laughs> and the, this just immediately reminded me of that. And then there's... Um, I know this isn't our MacGruber podcast. We'll start that one after you watch it. But sure. there's a scene in Hard to Kill, the part where after he sleeps with uh, the nurse and then he goes to his wife's grave. Mm-hmm. That, I, I think, is like an immediate, like uh, immediately spoofed in MacGruber and a scene that I will remember until I die. But you, you should watch MacGruber. You actually should. It's really funny. And I think that you would appreciate it. Well, especially, uh, yeah, if, if there's, if there's all these Steven references in it, I, I think I'm going to have to. Uh, I, I really do. It, like, I, I, I now, um, I really think that it's, like, direct Steven ripoffs. I love MacGruber. Um, yeah, this is MacGruber chat. That was now. our MacGruber. <laughs> this is our MacGruber chat. Yeah, that was our MacGruber segment for the episode. All right. And we'll check back in with MacGruber next week. <laughs> yeah, with our senior correspondent, MacGruber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he he decides to cut off the Richie's head, piss down his throat, and then the scene's over. Yep. <laughs> and um, the cops there's a, there's another montage. Yeah. And this montage um, made absolutely no sense to me, like at all. Yeah. Um, it starts with the cops raiding a strip club. Right. Yeah. Um, the, Do you know the, why? The, <laughs> Do you know why that happens? <laughs> I can't say I do. Not off the top, okay, not cool. off the dome. Um, but this this montage scene you're talking about making no sense. Like I, I think that again, it's hard. It's it, it's sometimes it can be hard to like let Stephen keep your full attention. This montage scene, <laughs> I I just remember the mob guys are driving around. Stephen's driving around, and um, I was like, man, I don't fuck 
care about this I, montage well, scene. <laughs> yeah, I there's nothing in it that happens that is relevant to the rest of the movie. I certainly don't think, but I also don't know for sure because I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> but it it's yeah, it's completely useless. Apparently the movie was like two and a half hours or something. Or no, let me rephrase that. It was two hours. It's half an hour longer. It's only 90 minutes. So it was about two hours long mm -hmm. and they cut it down by 30 minutes. And that's where like, I think a lot of this stuff comes from is this montage is like the scenes that were cut out, turned into a montage or something. Oh, well, thank God for that. But it's just, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, even, even as much as I did more or less like this, at least relatively, um, it is still a little bit too long <laughs> yeah well, at 90 minutes yeah and and you know the thing about this movie versus maybe some of the other ones this is a compliment to this movie is that like it does feel like more notable things happen in this movie than any of the last three um, well to to use you know like a a kind of nonsense um metric but we've talked about whether or not any of them are actually movies this is the first one that I would feel confident saying is without any sort of asterisk um, or footnote is a movie. Yeah. I think this is a movie. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. It's not a great one. No. <laughs> but it's a movie. But it is a movie. Yeah. It, it absolutely a is a movie. Without a doubt. And for, for Steven Seagal, uh, th th this is a great one. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. This is, I mean. Um, <laughs> It, yeah, might, it might end up being the best the best one we see. Yeah, and that's... Oh, God, I shudder to think of that. Um, yeah. but, I, but the next thing I have, I've, I've written is is this uh, dinner scene. Uh, well, I guess the, the mob guys talk and they invite... Uh, they, they say, we got to invite Stephen to dinner. Um, Dylan, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Well, they show up and the mob dude's eating dinner. And Steven's like, uh, they're like, we got to talk to Steven. And Steven shows up and the mob guy's eating dinner. And they're like, hey, man. Uh, and it, well, this is and this is the shit where Steven talks about how he always wanted to be a wise guy and, and, and all that. Is that is that now? Like after this montage? Dude, I don't fucking know. This is the next thing I cared <laughs> enough about to write down. Oh, okay. <laughs> if there's other shit, phew, fuck. Um, you, you can tell me I, about I, it. I, Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've forgotten. Okay. No, I know what you're talking about. I think that when Steven first goes to that dude, and it's just like dinner, and they talk about Richie and how Steven's going to kill him, I just kind of tuned out. I was like, I've seen this scene twice now. It's fine. And then once yeah. he starts talking about the wise guy stuff, I kind of dialed back in. Yeah. Well, this is when they when they go and the guy's eating dinner, um, I wrote down specifically this this dinner scene sucks uh and it's, it sucks <laughs> yes. because we've god we've had this so many times already and then uh steven continues to disprove the idea that he wants to be a cop um by uh of course revealing that he wants to be a wise guy this is what we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. um yeah, this stuff sucks, man. This 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 part of the movie blows. <laughs> yeah, um, he tells this like story about this dude he grew up with, who was like his role model, who was a mobster and like beat some dude up. It's you know not just like, beat okay, him up. Steve. Steve was nine years old, and this yes. and this guy uh, this guy was d disrespecting. Uh, I think this is Richie's dad. I I don't think so. I, I don't remember. Maybe I. <laughs> 
don't know. It doesn't know. matter. The point is, is that they put the dude in the trunk, and nine-year-old Steven Seagal fucking scares the shit out of this mob dude. It's yeah, it's it's good. It's good world building for Steven Seagal having been terrifying for his entire existence, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then after that, is that when he goes to see Richie's sister? Yes. There's a, okay. uh, Richie takes some sort of refuge at what looked like an auto body shop or something. Wait, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? This happens right. Are you kidding me? This happens like right before <laughs> there's, there's the dude in the wheelchair and, and, uh, Richie shows up and he's like, "Hope it's all right with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here for a few hours. I'm sure you don't Has, have a is, problem." This is like is right this, before Stephen goes to the to meet the sister. Oh, okay. It's like immediately before. I don't. <laughs> I oh, think okay. I don't know. Fuck. I don't. Maybe I made this up. But. <laughs> no, I think I don't know. I have my notes about that stuff, but I have the stuff where he goes to see Richie's sister before. Richie harasses this poor dude in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they just do like a little. They just do like a second where he like shows up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then okay. Yeah, yeah. They're like okay. Richie's here okay. now, and now Stephen is as at this strip. Uh, well, it's not a strip club. It's like a. I don't even know what this place was. Yeah, I don't know either. I think it might be like a super high class like uh, brothel, like yeah. a pseudo brothel. I don't know. Yeah. Um, is brothel still a term? Do I sound like a fifty year old man? <laughs> it, it it gets the point across. Um. But so he goes to see Richie's sister, and I uh, did you um <laughs> did you write down the thing Stephen says to uh, Richie's sister about one of the waitresses that work at this place? Uh, no, I don't think I could get myself to write it down. Oh, but you know, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> okay, that's. I don't know why I thought you would not. Um, yeah. All right. Go for because it. Because they. <laughs> They're, they're like uh, talking. He's trying to get information from her about Richie. And I don't even know why, but I guess this waitress is the one that we find out later his partner was sleeping with, right? Um, is this the same waitress? I Yes, 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 yes okay. it is. Yeah. So she points out the waitress, and Steven's like, uh, <laughs> her, her, her. The one who has nipples you could dial a phone with. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have never, ever heard <laughs> yeah. anyone mm-hmm. say anything remotely close to something like that before. That well, had to have been ad libbed. Uh, I, I, because only Steven Seagal could have possibly oh, said that. Um, only from his nightmare brain. Yeah. Would something like that have come? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he, um, basically he, he arrests Richie's sister. Um, I guess, you know, under suspicion of prostitution and, uh, is basically using her as bait to try and lure Richie. And it comes to absolutely nothing. Like Richie does not care about any member of his family. It's completely pointless. Yeah. Cause all the crap. But (laughs) exactly. Um, well, and Uh, and there's another thing in that scene. Um, I didn't realize at first that Richie's, um, sister was um was a prostitute like i did not realize that that's what was what was going on like i i was getting to realize that there was like w- you know where steven was and what was happening but i guess i didn't realize that 
that she was also a prostitute. Um, well, that's like the what he arrests her under. Yeah, that's what uh, he, that, he yeah. I, I picked it up. I picked it up by that. But, I, but one of the first things that she says when when Stephen gets there is like Stephen's like, uh, yeah, like, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, I can still get it wet. And I'm like, who the fuck is just like. <laughs> talking like this um yeah. but i suppose that is um how she's making her living so uh so i suppose it made sense but in the moment i was like what in the world man <laughs> yeah um well after he arrests the sister richie's too busy bullying this disabled man and right. uh, then richie's dad comes to the police station and basically gives steven permission to kill his son yeah yeah, he pretty much gets his blessing. Yeah, he's like, you got... <laughs> he talks about how he's, like, afraid for everybody he knows with his cracked-out son on the loose. Yeah. Um, um, no, it's then, pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, and then we get the scene where Steven's driving home, and he, like, finds the dog, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a dog in this movie. Yeah, and it looks like it's the—I mean, judging by the way Stephen dresses in the movie, it looks like it's the dead of summer in uh, in Brooklyn. So he's uh, he's just been leaving a dog in a hot car for for hours. Wow. Um, but you That's know, <laughs> this is the least of our worries with Stephen's goal at this point. Yeah, and Gino's in a—he's got a police scanner, and he's listening. No. Richie has the police scanner. He's listed the police scanner. Yeah. Gina also has one because he's a cop. And the dispatcher says over the radio, Gino, we got a call from your wife. She, you know, she wants you to come say hi. <laughs> like, your wife misses you. Please go check on her. Yeah. Over the police radio. <laughs> and Steven's like, well, I'm in the neighborhood. I can, I guess I can do it. Yeah. Um, it's a very weird moment. And then Richie hears. So he's like, oh, we know where he's going. And then this is where we get a scene between Steven and his soon-to-be ex-wife where he talks about growing up with his dad as, like, a blacksmith, but nobody bought from him anymore. I don't, I don't know. I don't even, I don't, I didn't really know what the point was then, and I don't know what the point was now, but yeah, it, it basically makes his wife decide that she doesn't want a divorce anymore. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, a line during this where Steven's talking about his dad dying and, um, I guess the mom dies first and then Mm -hmm. Steven's dad dies of cancer. And, uh, Steven says he, that he doesn't believe his dad died of cancer, but of a broken heart. And, um, that's just like, I guess it makes like, if they just die of like natural causes, I'm like, Hey, he was just so sad and he died of a broken heart. But like, I feel like cancer is, I feel like that's pretty, (laughs) (laughs) you can kind of point to that and be like, no, it was, it's probably the cancer Steven. But anyway, I'm nitpicking. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And so Stephen well, and, and his soon-to-be ex-wife uh, start kissing and decide that they aren't going to uh, soon-to-be exes. Yeah, but then Richie shows up with his dudes. Yeah, they sure do. And, you know, there's a shootout. It's a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> yeah. Some Steven Seagal movie stuff happens. There is a really good part where um, one dude's out of bullets and Steven's like, you know, got his gun trained on him. And the guy's like, well, you wouldn't shoot an unarmed man, would you, Gino? And Steven's <laughs> like, no, you know what I would do? And then he just sh- shoves this dude out, uh, off the fire escape. Or yep. does he shove him through a window? Through a window. 
through a window and onto the fire escape and the dude tumbles off the railing and falls to his death and doesn't just fall to his death a piece of a shard of broken glass oh. impales his neck yeah it's, i think i uh, <laughs> i think i blocked that from my memory yeah and it's not like it's not like you see the the glass go down and you think like oh maybe that impaled his neck there is a sound effect yeah it is it is <laughs> gross it is pretty gross. It is really gross. I I think I really did just like block. It. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um. And then we go back to R- Richie's brother. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. And his, the, <laughs> the worst night of this dude's life. Uh, the mob dudes show up. They're looking for Richie. Um. Do they beat the shit out of him here? Um. They just kind of harass him. Uh. Yeah. They 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 um. Okay. Yeah. They don't beat him up yet. Richie, later, when Richie comes, Richie beats the shit out of him, right? Yes, Richie R- okay. Richie uh, takes takes him by his broken nose and throws him around. <laughs> yeah. It's all that crack, man. It had to make you do things. Um, so I <laughs> I have a little bit of like a, a, a gap here in yeah. my understanding of the, the flow of the story. So what happens... <laughs> What happens after this where they go to Richie's bar? Um, well, I have that. Uh, Steven goes back to the brothel and um, finds the he gets the, the lady he that get, can he dial gets the, the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, through that, uh, through some <laughs> persuasive Steven Seagal. Okay. So you're as equally confused by this kind of progression as i am then yeah, yeah I, I don't remember okay. what he does in order to figure out where roxanne he, is yeah because the last like 20 minutes of this movie and that's where we're at right now it's like just like oh shit <laughs> we gotta wrap this up yeah and it just like speeds through figuring out you know why richie killed his partner and all of that just speeds through it but basically we find out that steven's partner was sleeping with Richie's girlfriend, Roxanne. Right. And Richie's wife found out and had, had, had pictures and she gave a picture to Richie and that's why Richie killed the partner. Yes. Now, um, we see these pictures. A lot. We see these pictures a lot. And the picture we see is... Uh, <laughs> So it's his partner and Roxanne, and they are uh, in the middle of, of the, the sex act, and he's behind her. <laughs> but both their heads are turned facing the camera, and they're, like, smiling. It's like a, like some sort of, like, Walmart photo shoot. <laughs> they're, like, posing. It's fucking weird. And I still don't really know where Steven got the pictures from. He says he found it in um, his partner's desk. But I don't really recall any scenes where he like is going through his partner's desk. Uh, I think that might happen when he brings Richie's sister in. When he brings oh, Richie's sister oh, in, oh. yeah, yeah, when they he arrest is, her. He is at a desk. Yeah, he is at a desk. He is. Can confirm. Yeah, um, and um, Roxanne's dead. Yeah, they find Roxanne's body, and she has been murdered. And. And the picture, there's like, aren't there like more pictures uh, uh, all over her body? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they took the pictures, like themselves. Yeah. Like Like on a self-timer. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, it's very weird. I'm so perplexed by that. The pictures are just... Yeah. Uh, but Richie, uh, like we said, he goes to the bar and he beats the shit out of his brother. Yeah. Kills a bunch more people. Yeah, because the, the mobsters show up and Richie ambushes them and gets all of them and then goes to the lady he harassed earlier and him and all his boys post up at her house. Yeah. And... Um, basically that's kind of like we're at the climax of the movie. The seltzer kid from before calls Gino and is like, Hey, I found out where Richie is. Yeah, pretty is, much. Yeah. It's is, just like, Hey dude, uh, Richie's here. And, and at the house where Richie is, there's a bunch of women. The implication is that they're sex workers. And is one of them supposed to be that kid's mom? Oh, I, I never picked that up. I don't, I don't really know because, but he talks about like how I thought he says like his mom knows something about where Richie is. It's, uh, I, now that we've really talked about this, I've realized how very hard to follow this movie was. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. I I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, man. This movie is a lot. (laughs) It just really does power through the last like 20 minutes so much. It's very hard to keep track. I tried to take pretty good notes so that way I could walk us through this and like catch up on everything and know what was going on. Yeah. But for the last 20 minutes, it was like hard to catch up. Yeah. And I was ready to just be done. But yeah. uh, basically, he goes to this woman's house and, you know, again, it's a Steven Seagal movie. So you get your classic Seagal climax. Um, he shoots somebody's foot off with a shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, I did want to make a, a a point about that. Um, so I watched I watched the movie with with headphones on, mm-hmm. and um, something I noticed this is a small thing, but you know a little little uh, little Easter egg for people if they want to if they they want to check it out at home when he shoots. Uh, no, we don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah, we don't recommend that. Absolutely, do not watch this movie. Um, <laughs> but if uh, uh, if if you happen to have seen this movie, maybe you've noticed uh, James. Maybe I don't know if you noticed. But they just keep reusing the same audio of him going, oh, shit. Oh, you motherfucker. Just like three times um, over and over. And I went back and checked and it was the same clip, the same everything, like three times in a row. I absolutely did not. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very skull. (laughs) I I did. I did notice the dude just screams for like a very long time, like way more than it made sense to just leave in the movie. Because Steven like walks away from the dude and goes to find the next guy. But for a good amount of time, we like still hear this dude yelling. Yeah. But no, I did not realize that they just. Yeah, no, he actually only he only yelled once. Uh, uh, He he went, oh, shit. Oh, oh, motherfucker. (laughs) And then they just they just clipped uh, those three things together uh, in like different orders. (laughs) <laughs> for the, for the rest of the for the rest of that uh, little p- part of the scene there, so uh, just a little thing I noticed that I wanted to to point out here on Stephen Destroy. I love it. That's yeah. why we're here. Yeah, that's what uh, this is what we're here to do for you guys. <laughs> so Stephen um, finds Richie. Yep. And you know we're at our big climactic fist fight. Yeah. But Stephen's just beating him up. It's not like he's really fighting back. Stephen's just taking his time, smashing up this dude. Uh, you know, like playing with his food. It's and, uh, it's fucking brutal, man. Um, this... It's brutal and it's pretty just like boring. Like it, <laughs> Stephen just like it's just like, all right, dude, just kill him. It's over. But he's just like smashing his face into stuff and punching him. 
Well, that's the other thing is that um, Richie like keeps coming up with weapons to fight Stephen with, and Stephen <laughs> continues to disarm him and continues to throw the weapons away. Um, yeah. Like, like Stephen again. Like, it's it, this is where it's hard to root for. Is that like <laughs> Stephen is relishing every moment of beating this guy's lights out. Like Stephen Seagal is like not like a a good guy, you know. <laughs> like he is beating the fuck out of this guy yeah. and like really relishing it. it. Yeah. Oh my god, he loves it. And uh, we do get a, an interesting final kill when he takes out Richie. Um, like you were saying, Richie's just grabbing anything he can to use as a weapon, and Steven just keeps turning it against him. Uh, and he finally comes at Steven with a corkscrew. Yep. And Steven uh, stabs him in the head with the corkscrew. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. The mob guys show up, and Steven's just like, um, well, he takes the mob dude's gun and shoots Richie's body with it a bunch, so that way it'll look like the mob guy's got him i guess even though he's got a corkscrew sticking out of his dome but <laughs> yeah i have to explain that one yeah um he doesn't break anybody's neck with his arm i really thought that was how he's gonna do richie but he really let me down yeah very sad and then uh the movie's basically over we get a, a little a little coda a little epilogue here it's um, great this is actually <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie you uh you want to take it away yeah, I, I just, like, I, I have, like, the highlights on tap. Um, uh, uh, so, Stephen and uh, his wife, um, I suppose that they're 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 back together again. Yes, his now reconciled, no longer soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah, <clears throat> and they are, they're just, like, a, like at a store or, like, a farmer's market or something. I they're, they're walking down a boardwalk. Walking down a boardwalk, yeah. I bet they're, they're probably at Coney Island. Yeah, uh, very likely. Um, and the the guy from from earlier the the fucking bumper sticker guy and now i can't remember what the bumper sticker was um kill them all let god sort them out kill them all let god sort them out he is is at the the boardwalk um steven's prayers have been answered he has been reunited with this man and steven goes over to him and uh, just there's a couple of really good uh, uh quotes here at this last uh in this last scene um there actually are, I, I think, three real great quotes here for a Stephen Skull okay. movie. Uh, where Stephen sees the guy and, and goes, uh, yo, fuck nuts. Uh, which, I don't know. I, that, that, that really got to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I no, just, like, I'm just not prepared to hear a grown man call somebody fuck nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Particularly when he's just so aggressive and straightforward. Like, the whole movie's like, I'm going to cut off his head, pissed out his throat, and then he sees this dude, and he's just like, hey, fuck nut. Yeah. Like an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and... Um, he confronts him about the dog, and yeah, yeah, the guy's like, "Hey, it's my business. Don't ask me about my business." You know, and the whole thing. And Stephen uh, kicks him in the nuts, yeah. and uh, the, the guy falls to the ground and just goes, "My balls!" <laughs> <laughs> and then Stephen's dog uh, pisses on the man's face, and yeah. uh, and Stephen goes, "Is that a police dog or what?" And uh, the movie's over. <laughs> it's a real. Uh, it's a real uh, onslaught there in that last like thirty seconds or so. Um, and that's out yeah, for justice. That's out for justice. Um, so we do a lot of different like you know little like uh, segments and bits and whatnot. One of our our classics is our award winning 
IMDb trivia. Yep. Where, you know, we'll go through, we'll look at it. Maybe there's some good trivia, some good factoids, behind-the-scenes stories, you know? Um, we'll also occasionally add our own, because the IMDb trivia is completely unreliable nonsense, and anybody can put whatever they want on there. Mm -hmm. And we test that weekly. Last week, our Marked for Death trivia. I'm pulling <coughs> that up right now. But also, real quick, in terms of trivia for Out for Justice, this is actually a pretty big uh, moment in Steven Seagal history. There's actually a story here. Oh. That is, um, you will know as soon as I bring it up. Oh, great. I did not know if you actually went into this prepared. I, I, I don't, I uh, maybe, I, maybe I do or don't know the story, but um, I didn't know it was part of this movie if I do know it. I'm not sure that sentence made sense. Oh, no, I mean, if I, I meant if I do know the story, I didn't know it was part of this movie. Gotcha. You know the yeah. story. Okay. But real quick, our, our IMDb trivia that we added for last week's Marked for Death was Steven Seagal made several crank calls to Predator 2 director Stephen Hopkins, bragging that Marked for Death made more money than Predator 2. This was approved by IMDb literally moments after we stopped recording that day. Yep. Um, and we will get into adding our own out for justice momentarily. But first, we're going to go, uh, we're going to talk about some of this stuff that's already on there. And again, a lot of it is not reliable at all. But this is reliable, supposedly. At least the, the rumor is. Mm -hmm. Because this movie, Out for Justice, is the one where allegedly Stephen uh, claimed that he was immune to being choked unconscious. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. He claimed that he could not be choked out, and stuntman Gene LaBelle uh, decided that he would give Stephen the opportunity to prove it and put Stephen in a chokehold. And as the, the legend goes, he choked Stephen Seagal unconscious, and Stephen Seagal shit his pants. And look, um, I'm very much inclined to believe this story. Um, I absolutely 100% believe everything except for the shitting. I think that that, you know, who knows, that could go either way. Yeah. But it is so not hard for me to imagine Steven Seagal saying that he could not be choked out and then some guy being like, yeah, bullshit, and choking Steven Seagal out. Well, and what I've heard about Gene LaBelle is that um, Gene LaBelle is a... Uh, um, a, a dude who will reliably have beaten the, or of, uh, you know, fucked Steven Seagal up. I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about fighting. I don't know much about uh, anything like that. But from what I've been, what I've heard from people who might know more about fighting than me is that it's, it seems reliable that Gene LaBelle absolutely would have done that to Steven Seagal. <laughs> he, he trained uh, Ronda Rousey. Okay. Yeah. And, and she has come out about this whole story and been like, if he says it's true, then it's like definitely true. Uh, her actual quote is if Seagal says anything bad about Gene to my face, I'd have to make him crap his pants a second time. <laughs> and let me tell you, there's nothing I would love more than in life than Ronda Rousey beating the shit out of Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oof. Talk about catharsis. That would be amazing. But Steven Seagal, um, cause he has a lot of practice doing this, denies the allegations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. basically, He's called uh, LaBelle a pathological scumbag liar. Yeah. Um, uh, God, what, and what like a, what, like a tr Trump quote that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for real. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, uh, 
more recent, he would say it was fake news. Yeah. Yeah, he sure would. Uh, <laughs> we have we have some like uh, real like more IMDb trivia specific. So all of this, I I do not know for sure. No, none of us could verify it. It could just be there's another Steven Seagal podcast out there that has just put this stuff up as one of their award-winning bits. Yeah. Um, supposedly, during the filming of the showdown between Gino and Richie, Steven Seagal broke William Forsythe's front tooth when he shoved his face into a brick wall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I just like that one because our Above the Law uh, fake trivia was that he actually broke... Uh, Henry Salvo's arm during that climax. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, it's, that, it's it's believable. I mean, I, the stuff I, I you know the stuff doesn't come out of nowhere. I guess I, I, this must be like a subconsciously like we were just starting to really understand what Steven Seagal's like about on set of these movies. And we're like, yeah, he'd probably what just he's fucking of. yeah. We're like, well, he'd probably just fucking break somebody's arm. Who knows, man? Yeah, this one I really like, uh, and I hope it's true. Steven, well, okay, this first line is absolutely without a doubt true. I don't think that you will argue with me on this. Okay. Steven Seagal was difficult to work with during filming. No. Yeah. Come on. Impossible. Steven? (laughs) Steven Seagal. Uh, All right. At one point, he was driven to tears on set when a light went out in his trailer. He attempted to blame the mishap on a teamster and have him fired, but was unsuccessful. What the fuck, man? I really hope it's true. I hope it's true so bad. Yeah. I want Stephen to call to cry over a, a burnout light bulb. Yeah, nothing would make me happier than Stephen crying about a about a light bulb that's gone out. I also, I like Stephen to believe, crying. yeah, Stephen crying. I like to believe Stephen didn't know how to fix it. And <laughs> they were that's like tears. Yeah, there were tears of frustration. He thought God was mad and turned off the lights. <laughs> it's like, it's like, why'd God uh, make it dark out here? All right, um, and then my last tr- piece of trivia, um, I included this one because it's just so uh, IMDB. It's a perfect encapsulation of how anybody could go on there and put whatever they want, because uh, it's not tr- it's nonsense. Okay, when Gina confronts Gina, it says Gina by the way, not Gino. <laughs> Good. <laughs> when Gina confronts the dog abuser, he calls him fucknuts. And 10 seconds later, kicks him in the groin. Interesting. When he falls to the ground in agony, a sign in the background says, Buttered hot corn. <laughs> Would you like me to read that again? <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> when Gina confronts the dog abuser, he calls him fucknuts. And 10 seconds later, kicks him in the groin. Interesting when he falls to the ground in agony, a sign in the background says, Buttered Hot Corn. <laughs> I, uh, I did this yesterday after watching the movie. I went through and pulled out the trivia that I wanted to say. And I have been mulling this sentence over <laughs> in my head for over 24 hours now and cannot possibly figure out what they're talking about or what the correlation is or any of it. Um, because buttered hot corn is not even nuts. Uh, I'm All fucking right. speechless. <laughs> it's just, it's so uh, fucking IMTP. It's a perfect. Uh, it's beautiful. It feels like a challenge. 
Yeah. It, it feels like it feels like a one up against us. All right. What IMDb trivia are we pulling out today and forever marking ourselves on the discussion surrounding Out for Justice 1991? Oh, God, man. How am I supposed to fucking compete with what you just read? Buttered hot nuts. Yeah, buttered hot nuts. Um, let's say that. Um, Let's say that Steven tried to keep the dog um, from set and um, offered offered to pay uh, the fellow producers a million dollars for the dog, and they refused to let him keep it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I that's, that's the best <laughs> I can do after that bullshit you just read me. <laughs> like, that's fair. I'm, like, shaken to my core. Unless you got something, you know, I've done the, I've done the last three. So you, uh, you're, uh, it could be your, your, your time to shine here. No. <laughs> sticking, no. sticking with the dog. Yeah. I like it. All Steven right. Seagal offered producers $1 million to take the dog who played Garagio home, but was turned down over concerns for the dog's safety. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Let's submit. Okay, baby. All right. You got anything else you want to add, or is it time for the sentencing? Um, you know, Stephen didn't destroy a convenience store uh, properly in this movie. Um, I don't believe he called anybody a motherfucker. Um, so we got zero motherfuckers. Yeah, we're 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 dry on the last two movies. Oof. Um, so. Yeah, in a sense, this is the worst Steven Seagal movie for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's move on to the sentencing. All right. So every week after we watch our movie, we basically give Steven a sentencing based on how long uh, he should serve in prison for that specific movie. We total it all together and then add it to the life sentence he already deserves. Uh, based on our last three movies right now, we're looking at that life sentence plus 38 and a half years. What's your out for justice sentence, Dylan? <sighs> um, you know, I feel like I want to go with a lower number on this one. Um, as this movie was at, at noth, uh, if nothing else entertaining, mm-hmm. um, pretty bizarre but i think maybe in 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 the spirit of the movie i also want to give it an absolutely nonsensical um (laughs) uh uh sentencing here um and uh you know fuck it man like uh nothing nothing matters uh i'm I'm gonna give this movie uh seven to ten years okay well let's let's just give it a nice specific seven Seven. We'll go with the seven. To make my math easier. Yeah, we'll go with the seven. Okay. Really? Yeah. Just like just like Richie would have got if they hadn't killed him, man. Okay, I I dig that. Yeah. Um, I'll give him three. I'll give him three years. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Make a nice even ten between us. Um, I definitely. I don't know if I would say enjoyed, but my experience watching it wasn't uh, unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, it, the movie's um, 
a mess. Um, it's uh, hard to follow, but it's a movie. And uh, that it is. And that that's is. more than we can say for some of the other things we've watched. That's for sure. So next week, we're taking a little bit of a break. We get a little, a little uh, reprieve from Steven Seagal movies because we're going to be doing uh, the episode of Saturday Night Live he hosted. It came out in 1991. He was hosting to promote Out for Justice. And then we're going to be coupling that with an episode of Roseanne he did in that show's final season. And uh, we, we couldn't be more excited about it. I am, I am, I am really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Roseanne episode is supposedly the worst. It's it regarded as the worst episode of the series. And so is the SNL episode. Um, it's yes. regarded as the worst host in the history of the series. Um, so this is this actually um, kind of special in that sense. That's true. Yeah. It's not often that you get to see the worst episode in two different television shows in the same week, so... Yeah, we're uh, truly blessed. This, this is like an eclipse or something. All right. Is there anything else that you want to add? How are you feeling? How, how are you feeling about... Again, we're watching every Steven Seagal movie. We are looking at... We have now crossed the threshold of one year. I... Right? I th- um, <laughs> right? As in, like, we have less than a year to go now. Oh, we're at one year. We're at one year. Um, we're at one year. You know, I just felt, I just felt like anxious throughout this entire movie. Like I, I felt like it's it's weighing on me, but I don't know how yet. Like I just felt bad watching this movie, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I was like, I kept looking at how much time there was left, and I was like, is this over yet? And um, even though even though this was comparably, you know, all right like not not one of the worst ones we've seen so i think that this week um i'm definitely feeling it a little bit more of like oof man this is gonna be a lot of steven (laughs) seagal yeah i'm 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 definitely feeling it like i said um going back to work has definitely put a lot more weight on the decision of what it really means to have part of my weekend just dedicated to steven seagal but you know we're in it or in it Blood now. Oath, man. Can't turn back. All right. You all set? You want to take us out? You want to do your classic uh, sign-off? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, all right. This has been Steven Destroy. I'm uh, James. I, I'm Dylan. And uh, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday.